My name is Joe, and uh, we have been in, uh, if you guys remember, if you've been around since the beginning of the year, we took the first 120 days, we mapped them out, we kind of talked about what the topics we were going to cover on the, the weekends, but also some of the other things we were going to be doing. And we did that also that we could really grow in our faith, that we could take some ground and we could see ourselves deep in our faith in God. And it's been a great thing to do. We have been uh, hitting things like salvation by grace and others first and all of those fun topics and really trying to develop those attitudes and those beliefs in us. And uh, this, this week is about identity. Dave was here last week. He did a great job. Did he do a, good, did he do a great job? Yeah? All right, good. Awesome. Um, you know, just be praying for the short family. Um, Dave's mom passed away this weekend, and, uh, you know, they're working through all of that. So just be, they're a b- big part of this, this place, and uh, they're really connected. So if you can just keep them in your prayers, that'd be awesome. But we've been talking about identity. And it's interesting how identity is, is such a struggle for us, right? I mean, when you think about it, on the surface, you're like, oh, yeah, identity, no big deal. I know who I am. But then when you start to really dig into it, um, it, it can be tough. We, we've had Dave talk about it last week. I'll talk about it today. Um, this past Wednesday at our student group, Sam Riggenbach, one of our student coaches, uh, is an Olivet student. Um, he is a quad. He has three sisters. There are all four of them born at the same time. Crazy, right? And he talked about identity. Kind of funny to think about, right? And so he's the only boy. He's got three sisters. And, and uh, even after that talk, the students, along with really all of us, I think, we, we just have a difficult time really nailing down what our identity is and how do we define it. I mean, we could define it by, well, who is our biological family? Like, how do we, you know, c- connect back in? What's the family tree look like? Um, there's the, the friends that you run with. I mean, those can be uh, identifiers, right? You know, the group that you kind of roll with. What you do, where you work, and what you do for a living can definitely identify you as well. And all those things seem to fall short. And I, also, there's this tension, right? This tension is when you get into um, identifying yourself based on what other people say. Because it seems like everybody has an opinion, right, about how you should act believe what you should be doing with your life. I mean, no one in this room has ever felt that pressure, right? <laughs> Nervous laughs. So, but there's a, even a more vicious uh, version of that, and that is when you actually base what you're doing in your identity, not on just what people say, but what you think other people think you should be. That's even, that's even worse, right? Because if somebody says something to me and they're like, hey, you know, you should be more like this or, you know, they kind of get, get after that, I'm like, all right, I can kind of evaluate and I can determine w- what bucket to put that in and, and be okay. But when I start getting into the trap of thinking about what people are thinking about me and changing who I am to maybe, maybe satisfy something for them or maybe to be what they want me to be, when I'm not even sure if that's what they really are thinking. This is unbelievably crazy. No one's ever fallen into that trap either. But I believe that this is one of the main reasons why we fight against human trafficking. It's why Provision Lab is a thing. It's why we go after it is because these girls, and when it's labor trafficking, it can be any any kid that is taken and their their identity is taken away from them. And they become what their, their, their owner wants them to be. 
And, and that's why it's near and dear to the heart of second place to fight against that because we know that God has a better answer for our identity. Yeah? Hey, you know what? I'm going to ask for a couple of guys, maybe Micah and Josh, if you want to help me out. If you want a Bible or if you have a Bible, I would love for you to just open up to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to be there in just a second. Um, I want to get there, Ephesians chapter 1, but I want to give you a, a, a second to get there um, before we start reading. The reason that we have this identity discussion is because I want to ask you this question. What is your identity baseline? Here's what I mean by that. What is the baseline for your identity? When you're rattled, when you're confused, when you're, man, you're just not exactly sure what people are saying or maybe what you're trying to do with your life and you don't really know and you're confused, where do you kind of, when you're able to settle, when you're able to kind of let the dust clear and the voices calm and get out of your head, where do you kind of like settle when it comes to your identity? Is your identity solid? Are you clear about that? Because here's the thing, your baseline of where you come back to when you're quiet and when you're able to think and you're able to really solidify what you stand for, that's really, really important. And I believe that God gives us a better baseline than basing it off of somebody else's comments or what they think. Now, you've probably heard an identity talk a bazillion times if you've been around church, but I want to kind of just tackle two main ways that we can identify ourselves when it comes to our faith and with God. I mean, the first one is probably the one that we all get and we all understand. That is that my identity is defined by who God or Jesus says I am, right? I mean, this is, this is basic. We've been talking about this for a while. And this is a decent approach. This is actually a very good approach. Um, it's not bad at all. He gives us this new identity, and we're, we're able to say, okay, God, and we talked about it during the Salvation by Grace series where we were talking about that we need to trust God with who he says we are. That when everything is crazy, it's going nuts, and we're not exactly sure how to put our lives together, what we need to come back to is, wait a minute, who does God say I am? I need to trust him for that. So that's how we're able to overcome a struggle or get through a fire or we're able to find a way through the wilderness is being able to trust that we are who God says we are. I mean, this is where our whole identity kind of comes around and, and we understand, right? This is the miraculous part and the awesome part of, of our relationship with God and what God does for us, right? He gives us a completely new identity. And before we go there, I want to just get, can I get a volunteer to help me read from Ephesians 1? That's all you're going to do. That's all you're going to do. And you're not even probably going to get, have to go that far. So yeah, Nicolette, come on, let's go. Let's, you don't have a, yeah, you can bring your Bible. That's fine. Oh, she, she what, you weren't going to do the wedding march down there? That's like they usually do. Awesome. Okay. You're going to hold that. I'm going to pray in one second. I'm going to follow along with you. And here's how it's going to work. Well, let me pray first because it'll be more, like, focused that way, all right? Are you nervous? Yes. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we pray for Nicolette right now. We pray that you calm her nerves and that, Lord, Holy Spirit, you would speak to us through your word. We're going to read through Ephesians 1. We're going to, we're going to get as far as we can, but, Lord, we just want you to teach us about us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So here's how we're going to read through Ephesians 1. You probably don't necessarily bring this lens to Scripture as much as, maybe I don't either, as much as we should. 
And that is, we're going to look at Ephesians 1 through the lens of who God says we are. Okay? So this is how it's going to work. Are you good? Yes. Do you want this Bible? Yes. Okay, you're good. So it's falling apart because it's well-worn. All right? So right there. And what, this is how it's going to work. When you kind of get to, when she gets to something that describes who we are and who God says we are, I want you to just yell stop. And I'll, I'll do it as well, all right? And then we're going to just figure out what God's saying. Are you guys good with this? Yeah. We're interacting with the scripture. Like, this is, this is the thing. Let's do it, all right? So go ahead and start reading. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to God's holy people in stop. Ephesus. <laughs> what is it? What are we? Holy. holy. What else? Saints. We're people. Very. <laughs> Let's start at the basics, right? Like, I am a person. Good, good, good. Actually, very helpful. All right, keep going. Um, the faithful in... <laughs> what is that? What? The fa- we're faithful. Okay, good. See, this seems easy, but I did this last night just by myself with them yelling at me, and I couldn't get my spot back. I, I kept know, going yeah, like, it's really hard. All right, keep going. It's all good. In Christ Jesus. Whoa, what? okay, what do you got? Okay, coming on strong. I mean, it's, you're not wrong. Keep going. <laughs> Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoa, whoa, why stop? Father, he, we, are we are children. Children, good. Um, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. Wait. I was going to say, I was like, hello. Yeah, see, you can stop too. You can play along as well. So why did we stop? Because we are blessed. We're blessed, okay? Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Oh, I heard it like a stop. Keep going. I want it loud. For he chose us. We're chosen. Got it. Um, in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. Stop. We're what? What? Okay, keep going. In his sight. In love, he predestined us. Oh, okay. Okay, good. All right, real quick with predestination, let's have a quick sidebar conversation about that. Real quick. I mean, it's, an, it's early yet. What do you think about No, I'm just kidding. We're good. <laughs> She's like, never again. It's all good. It's all good. Do you want to keep going? Go a little bit further. Let's yeah, see what we got. Um, for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Oh, wait a minute. Yep. We're adopted. Mm, interesting. In accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he Ooh. loves. What are we, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good. I, I think we're getting it. Yeah, are we too. getting it? I think we're getting it. Like, how many times did we stop her? What verse are you on? I think I'm it's verse oh, six, right? Who's following with me? Yeah, good oh, job. Well, let's give it up for Nicolette. Good yeah. job. Thank you, girl. So we see that this is like a crazy way to read through scripture, right? When you look at that, I mean, how many times do you come to scripture and you're just like, and you're like, what? Like, there's all this stuff. And she couldn't get into, like, verse 2 without stopping about who God says that you are. I mean, this changes, it's got to change something for somebody today. Go home, read Ephesians 1. Dig into it. Stop yourself. Underline stuff when you're like, whoop, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. This is amazing. 
This is, this is the awesome part about God because he somehow does a supernatural work inside of us that, that when we give our life to him and we believe that he is the Messiah, which the Holy Spirit empowers us to do, then we go from an old identity to a new identity. I've got a whole slide about it, all right? The old identity, like slave to sin. Nope, now you're free from sin in the new identity. I mean, that's, hello, human trafficking. You were a slave, now we're free from sin. Why do we support that? Why do we battle that? Because of that. We were dead in our old identity, but now we're alive. We were an enemy of God, but now in our new identity, we're a friend of God. Our old identity is that we were condemned. Our new identity is that we're not condemned. Our old identity is that we were under wrath. Our, our new identity is that there is no wrath. This is the good news. This is what we hold on to. This is why we sing at the end of our services. This is why we go out and we serve and we do everything we do because of this, right? Absolutely. This is what it's all about. This is the good news, that somehow God has changed you. The very nature of who you are, God is changing that, and it is amazing. So, Here's the issue, is that when we base our identity on who God says we are, number one, it is awesome, it is good, it is a great place to be and to hone in on. But there's times when this can fall short, and the reason is because when we, our outward behavior doesn't seem to line up with who God says we are. Where we start to feel like we're living a lie, like we're starting to feel like the struggle is a little bit over the top, a little bit like, man, I'm just not who, it doesn't seem like I am who he says I am. And I think that this is why I want us to ratchet down one level deeper on identity. One level deeper than that, because yes, we need to know who God says we are, but I think that sometimes we forget who we are because we forget whose we are. We forget who we are because we forget whose we are. And so here's the thought. The second way that we can understand our identity that's a one level deeper than what we just talked about is this idea that we can trust who God says I am, our identity, because of who God is. We can trust who God says I am, our identity. We can trust that because of who God is. Now, this is more than just hearing what God says, but it's understanding who he is and who's backing that up. I mean, Moses, he said, hey, God, I hear what you're saying. I'm not a public speaker. I can't really do what you're saying. But one question I have for you, who should I tell them is sending me? I need to know who's behind the words that I'm hearing because I want to be able to tell them who sent me. When Jesus confronted Paul, he said, why are you persecuting me? He said, not about words, about anything. It was about, uh, it was about a person. It was about God. It was about the fact that there was someone behind the words. And this, to be honest with you, is an ancient practice. 
This idea for God's people is something that is very, very um, traditional in, in an ancient practice where they would, when, when Jewish folks would go to prayer, and, and when they go to prayer now, they would start by focusing on who God is, the names of God, what he is like. Why is it that this is an ancient tradition? Because it, it kind of like, it gets us in the right posture, right? It un- we start to understand who are we in relationship with here? Who are we praying to? We're praying to God. We're praying to the, this, this, this awesome Messiah, this awesome God that represents and speaks to us. Um, some of you uh, may have seen, um, we, we had a horse in the warehouse yesterday. Yeah, horse in the warehouse. And um, you can play it. This is, uh, this is just last night. And, uh, and I do have a horse here today. Um, it's this guy. And sorry, um, for those of you that are live streaming, that's a horse. Um, but we, this is an awesome thing. We, didn't, we weren't able to arrange it for today, so everyone go, want, want. But we brought a horse in here yesterday, and the, the idea was to really understand what it takes to break a wild horse. Now, I was thinking that we might have a little bit of a problem if, you know, he went number two, but I forgot about number one. But he behaved himself, so we're good. Nothing happened. It was amazing. But it could have been poncho section in the first row there. <laughs> but that's Willis, and it was awesome. And so Andrea and her daughter Skylar were there, and she, they were talking about Willis, and I got to give Willis a peppermint because that's his favorite treat. And we got to talk about this idea of what it means to train a horse and what it means to, to really gain a, a horse's trust. And the way that you do that is you allow a, a horse to, to allow you to kind of smell you and to kind of like get to know you. And hopefully it's not turning its back on you, but it's, it's showing you and looking at you. And you're able to kind of like go down the side of its head and by, by its, uh, its, eyes, its shoulders and all the way. And if the horse gets spooked and freaked out, you go back to the nose and you reset. And then you go back and you kind of like let the horse know that you're good, you're okay, you care, you're not going to be mean, you're not going to do anything wrong. And over time, what happens is that that horse develops a trust in you so much so that whereas when you first meet that horse, you go nowhere near the hind legs, right? Because that thing will knock your block off. But as, you, as that horse gains uh, your trust, or it gains your trust, and, 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 and you're able to go anywhere. You can go back by the hind, the hind legs. You can go under the belly. You can go on top. You can be all around that horse, and it simply just trusts you because it knows you, and it's not going to be spooked. So much so like us, right, in God. Many times when we, uh, when we begin our relationship with God, we want to know, who is this God? What is he like? What is he telling me? And we try to read in scripture, and we, we start to realize that we can trust him, and all of a sudden you read something, you're experiencing something, you get freaked out, and God comes back to you and says, no, remember, this is me. This is me. Just keep with me right here. We're good. Trust me. And then over time, as that trust builds, you're able to allow God to go into every area of your life. 
and you're able to say, God, I surrender all, to the point where you're saying, you know what, God, if you tell me to go ahead and move my family across the world or across the country, I'll do it. When you tell me to turn down a job and not take a job because I know that that's going to rip my family apart and I need to actually live on less, you'll do it. Because why? Because you trust God. You say, you know what, I'm going to be able to trust him in every area of my life because I've gotten to know him. I've gotten to understand who he is. This is, I think, the key. When we know who God is, we can trust what he says about us. This is one level deeper on identity than just listening to what God says about you. The reason why God says, what, the, the things that God says about you are so important is because of who God is. And when we trust who God is, we can trust what he says. Um, the band can come up. Because I think that this level of deepness in identity is a lot for us to chew on. This message title, if there was one, is if Jesus is fill in the blank, then I am fill in the blank. You see, because of what God is, it determines my identity. You see, if God is the Father, that means that I am not. Let's just get simple, right? If Jesus is the Savior of the world, that means that I am not. Yeah, right? She's like, praise God on that. But sometimes... To your point, Phaedra, sometimes we do try to be the savior of the world, or of our world. We try to fix everything, and, we try, and there's a time when we realize we can't, and we need God. And so my question to you right now is this. What are you putting in the first blank? What word would you put there? Because it's going to determine what you put in the second one. If you put in that first blank, if Jesus is far away, then I am lost. If Jesus is the wonderful counselor, then I am the counselor? I am the counseled. Do you see God as maybe a, a master planner? Well, if he's the master planner, then what you're doing is you're getting the plan from him. Are you guys picking up on how this changes it? It's a radical thought to be able to say, if Jesus is fill in the blank, what word is going in there right now? It probably, it definitely changes as you grow and as you mature and as you go through life in different situations. God is going to seem like something different to you as you go through life. So today, right now, what is God to you right now? What is Jesus? If Jesus is, then what are you? I took some time to write some things. And, and what I want you to do is I want you, during this next few songs, is I want you to wrestle with those spaces. And so I wrote down some thoughts for you guys to consider about who Jesus is and then who does that make us. Are you guys ready? Two of you are ready. That's good. 
If Jesus is life, then I am alive. If Jesus is our priest, then he hears me when I pray. If Jesus is salvation, then I am saved. If Jesus is the redeemer, then I am redeemed. If Jesus is a trusted prophet, then I am secure. If Jesus is sovereign, then I am restful. If Jesus is forever faithful, then I am trusting him. If Jesus is the rebuilder of lives, then I am the fixer-upper. If Jesus is courageous, then I'm with him. If Jesus is a song, then I am an instrument. If Jesus is wisdom, then I am full of insight. If Jesus is love, then I am loved. If Jesus is the prince of peace, then I am at peace. If Jesus is weeping, then I am the one he's weeping about. If Jesus is the cry of the oppressed, then I am the one who listens. If Jesus is the call from sin, then I am the responder. If Jesus is in the fire, then I am not alone. If Jesus is the Spirit's power, then I am empowered. If Jesus is the arms that carry, then I am carried. If Jesus is the Savior, then I am rescued. If Jesus is a missionary, then I am the mission field. If Jesus is strength and shield, then I am strong and protected. If Jesus is revival, then I am revived. If Jesus is who restores what is lost, then I am found. If Jesus is the healer, then I am healed. If Jesus is the grace giver, then I am the receiver. If Jesus is the power of love, then I am overpowered by love. If Jesus is the freedom giver, then I am free from the curse. If Jesus is the treasure, then I am the treasure hunter. If Jesus is the servant, then I am humble. If Jesus is our coming king, then I am watching for him. If Jesus is my mediator and pastor, then I am in right standing with God. If Jesus is the shepherd, then I am a sheep. If Jesus is the king of kings, then I am loyal. If Jesus is my Messiah, then I am not. If Jesus is my Lord, then I'm going to worship him. 36 things there. And then I did what I was, I'm challenging you to do. Is that during the songs after first service, I wrote down some more. And I had somebody give me one too. If Jesus is our teacher, then I am his disciple. If Jesus is overwhelming, then I am overwhelmed. If Jesus is the sacrifice, then I am worth it. If Jesus is all I want, then I am satisfied. If Jesus is present, then I am not alone. If Jesus is here, then I am still. If Jesus is speaking, then I am listening. If Jesus is a miracle worker, then I am astounded. Guys, how would you fill in those blanks? Maybe during these songs you need to actually pick up on one of those and that you heard and you just want to focus on that. Maybe you're going to write your own. Maybe you're going to open up yourself to God and say, God, this is so crucial. I need a baseline that I can come back to right now. I need to know who you are so I know who I am. And when we come back from the songs, I'm going to tell you the number one thing you are because of who God is. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we're going to worship right now, Lord, and we want to worship you with everything that we are. God, we don't worship you because just because of what you say, but God, because of who you are. Lord, it is who you are that motivates us, that changes us, that wells up faith and trust in you like no other. God, we pray right now that as we worship you, that you would instill in us and you would drop into us what it is that you are to us right now. 
Lord, what it is that you are to each one of these people that are here today. Lord God, we pray that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, move in us. And Lord God, show us who you are so we can know who we are. In Jesus' name. Yes. Nicolette is not done. Hello. Um, so I was asking the Holy Spirit um, to like tell me secrets and stuff while we were while we were worshiping, and He said, He said, freedom is here, and freedom is yours, and freedom is strong. And in um, and in John, when Nathaniel was talking to Jesus, it says. Um, he said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And I, I just, if the greatest thing in your life right now is, is like a circumstance or, or an emotion or a, a situation, God is greater. God is greater by far by far and his his great hand will will help you conquer and his great river will give you peace for your soul he is just so far greater than we could ever imagine um can you put that slide back up that says if jesus is blank do we have that kind of technology <laughs> oh okay okay so if jesus is freedom then you are free can you say that with me please if Jesus is freedom, then you are free. Now say, if Jesus is freedom, then I am free. If Jesus is freedom, then I am free. That's it. So what did you put in that blank? I appreciate Nicolette's heart. And I have a few more as well. And I want to get to that. I think it ties in so well with what she said. Um, somebody after first service said, if Jesus is Netflix, I'm a subscriber. <laughs> That'll preach, possibly. Um, Phaedra said, if Jesus is the mender, then I am whole. If Jesus is the rock, then I am on solid ground. If Jesus is never-ending, then I am full of hope. If Jesus is crucified, then I am saved. If Jesus is provision, then I am provided for. If Jesus is forever, then I am secure in my future. If Jesus is the source, then I am never poor. But the one man that'll get you is that if Jesus is transforming me, then I am his witness. You see, the greater things that Nathaniel would see that Nicolette read from, the, the things that God is doing in your life. Like if you see all this stuff that's happening, like then there needs to be a witness. Can I get a witness, right? Like that's, that's the idea. When you, man, some of us, we, we've been going to church for a long time and, you know, it's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And, and we've heard the identity talks and all that stuff, but there isn't like, yeah, but you're, you're feeling God drawing you into that transformation story. I'm telling you right now to jump over that line, dive into that, and begin that journey. And tell someone about it. Tell me, tell a friend, tell a friend, whatever. And let's go because there is so much more than a few songs after 
a message on a Sunday. There is so much more. That's what that passage, that's what Jesus was saying to Nathaniel. You will see greater things than this. And it's so much more because here is the craziness. What is the best way that we can be a witness out there to what God has done in our life? The best way is for you to be like him, which is the craziest. Where are the students? The economy that God set up that there is something crazy that God would do, that he would say all of these things that are true about Jesus are also, I'm going to make them true of you. So I'm not just the healer. I'm going to bring healing through you to a situation. I'm going to restore someone through you in a situation. I am I, am, I have created you, true, but I have created you to create as well. This is the crazy part of it, guys, and why there is so much more. We're on the very tip of the iceberg, and the freedom in the room, there's freedom in the room, but it's, it's just a little bit. And just get ready, because when God frees you, it's going to be amazing. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for revealing to us in new and different ways, a multitude of ways of who Jesus is and therefore who we are. God, I pray right now that as we go today that we would be light in dark places, that we would begin to walk into that transformation and not hold back any longer and sit on the sidelines, but to go in all in. And so God, we know that you are a good God and that you are showing us new and different things every single moment of our lives if we will just slow down and notice it. God, we thank you so much for what you do in our lives. We give you this, this day, this week, this month, this year. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.